0: Hedonism is the unabashed pursuit of happiness. That means that no one else matters but your happiness. And many of us live our lives that way and leave a trail of destruction behind us because we're just asking ourselves what this question, what makes me happy today?
1: Happiness, <laughs> it's the one thing for which you and I will trade just about anything. But is it possible we've got our priorities backwards? Hi, I'm John Geiger, inviting you to stick around for some great Bible teaching with Dr. Mark Job on our program called Moody Presents. Today's a big day for us. We're continuing with part two of The Temptation Trap, based in James chapter one. Later on in the broadcast, I'll share how you can learn more about the Moody Bible Institute, including specific ways that God is using our publishing, radio, and educational opportunities in some very innovative settings. All right, So what do you say we get right to the book of James now as Pastor Mark brings us part two of the temptation trap.
0: You have to start with what God says, not with what you think makes you happy. And so the philosophy of a lot of the world that we live in is we justify We justify our behavior by something that makes us happy immediately. But I can guarantee you that what made you happy today will not make you happy tomorrow if you're violating God's standards because you're going to want to switch out again for something else that's making you happy. And you go from relationship to relationship, from brokenness to brokenness, leaving a trail of messes behind you. And where did it start? With your desires. The desires that you have inside that aren't necessarily bad desires, but they're desires that you try to fulfill in an illegitimate way. So it says, it starts with our own evil desires. And evil desire is a desire that, that we have not to be bad, but, but a desire to fulfill ourselves regardless of how we do it. That's an evil desire. So it starts with the desires inside of this that say, I want to put myself first. My goal in life is me, my happiness, my life, my dreams, I don't care who I have to leave, step on, do, I want to live for me. I want it to be about me, I want to be self-fulfilled, I want to be happy in life, I want to pursue what makes me feel alive and well and creative, and I want to make it all about me, and if I have to trample people and leave people and break commitments, it's okay, because ultimately I want to be happy, and when people go down that road, I've talked to them, I've been at their bedside when they're dying, and let me tell you, they are miserable, the ultimate, unabashed pursuit of happiness, regardless of what it does to people, is called hedonism. Hedonism is the unabashed pursuit of happiness. That means that no one else matters but your happiness. And many of us live our lives that way and leave a trail of destruction behind us because we're just asking ourselves what, this question, what makes me happy today, right now, regardless of the consequences for tomorrow? so it starts with our own evil desires and we're dragged away dragged away from what dragged away from the truth dragged away from God dragged away from God's ways we have our desire and we feel like well God doesn't match up with my desire so I feel like my desire should trump God's desire we're dragged away from the truth and then we're enticed we're lured into something else and then it says then what happens so it's an eternal desire. Our desire entices us. Desire gives birth to sin. And by the way, can I say this? There is healthy, godly desire. Not every desire that you have. God has given you desires. It's when those desires, if we try to fulfill those in an illegitimate way. And so desires not a bad thing. It's how we go about fulfilling that desire that causes us to fall into temptation. And so he says... He says, then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. It starts in my head. The desire starts to grow. I think about it, conceive about it. I'm already in that direction. Then I act on it, and it gives birth to sin. What is sin? The actual definition of sin is missing the mark. So God says, hey, the middle of the target is how I want you to live. When you hit over there, over there, over there, that's called Sin. Now, there's not living according to God's way. His higher standard. His best plan. And so it gives birth to sin. And then sin gains strength. It says, then after desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin starts to grow. And then, when sin is fully grown, it gives birth to death. Spiritual death. It starts to control our life. As a believer in Jesus Christ, a follower of Christ, you can still let this happen in your life. You can let sin conceive. You can let it grow. You can let it gain momentum in your life. And you can let it begin to control your life even as a believer. And so when it's full grown, it gives birth to death. And here's, here's the thing about this, is that the, the lie that the enemy gives us is to convince us that the pursuit of our own desires will somehow make us happier than pursuing God's way. That's the great lie from the beginning. The great lie from the beginning is that if I try to do it God's way, I'm going to be unhappy. So I should do it my way because my way is going to make me happier. The essence of sin is a distrust of God. That's the essence of sin. The essence of sin is that I think that my way will make me happier than God's way. That's the essence of sin. And notice what it says. He uses, in James, he uses the fishing analogy. Um, When he talks about this, he says it's dragged away and enticed. That's how it drags us away. Sin is like that. You know, when I was a boy... Some of you know that I grew up in northern Spain in a really small village with unpaved streets, and that my telephone number was eight. Yeah, eight. So I grew up in the country, and uh, you know, in the country, you do country things. So my buddy taught me how to how to fish for frogs. And so what he would do, he'd get a fishing pole, and he would find a bright-colored red flower and we would put it on the end of the fishing pole, the hook. Go to the pond where all these frogs were croaking, and we would throw throw out the fishing line with the little flower on it, and we would hang it over the pond. These frogs would look at it, and they were enticed by the colors, thinking that this is a juicy butterfly. And so they would, if you've ever seen these frogs, they'd throw out their long tongue wrap around it, bring it into their mouth. Little did they know that there was a fishing hook there and we would just reel the frog out like this big frog, their legs hanging. You say, well, why would you do that? (laughs) Actually, my friend's mother would cook them and then we'd eat them. Gross. Hey, they serve it in fancy restaurants as well. Frog legs taste a little bit like chicken, a little bit like chicken. I know some of you are saying, I trust you, but I'm not going to try it. <laughs> the point is that this frog was enticed by the colors, thinking this is going to bring pleasure to my life, but ultimately what looks like it's going to bring pleasure actually is a trap to death. Sin is always that way. It over promises, it under delivers, and that's what James is trying to tell us, is that it looks good from the outside, but in the end, really, we don't know that What we're getting is something that's going to do damage to our life. If we only understood that what you're pursuing outside of God's way, that right now seems to give you immediate pleasure, that it seems to be good, it seems to be harmless, and you say, well, I'm not hurting anybody. What could be bad in this? So at 12 o'clock at night, you click on a couple porno sites, and you spend about... 45 minutes hanging out in a porner site and you say I don't see what's wrong with that I'm not hurting anybody you know I like it. it makes me feel good I'm just but what you don't know is that the Bible talks about hey you're filling your mind with stuff that's going to affect your relationships in the future and this distorted images that you are creating in your mind and this expectation that you are creating for your future relationships and this using other people that you don't know detaches you from any emotional relationship and causes you to see women as objects of your fulfillment that ultimately affects your relationship. It seems harmless. Let me tell you, ultimately, there's damage that it brings to your soul and to your life. If you only knew what you were getting into and what it does, you would walk away from it a lot more rapidly. I heard of a principal that was trying to Junior high girls were going into the junior high bathroom and they got into this whole thing that they were putting lipstick marks on the mirror. So they were putting lipstick on and they were, you know, kissing the mirror. And so the janitor had to keep cleaning it and was a little tired of it. So the principal took a bunch of junior high girls into the bathroom and said, look what's happening here. And they all just kind of looked at each other and giggled. And he said, this is, we want this to stop, it's creating a lot of mess for our janitor. He's got to do this all the time. And so he had talked to the janitor in advance. The janitor took the wipey that cleans mirrors and he says, look what he's got to do. And he went to the toilet and he dipped it into the toilet and then he cleaned the mirror like that on the toilet. He's got to do this every day. They had no more lipstick problem after that. No one was kissing that mirror. Yeah. Hey, if you only knew what you were kissing when you sign up for sin, if you only knew what you're getting close to, if you only knew the garbage that you had, you would stop right away. But you don't. And that's the point, right?
1: If you're new to the broadcast, it's called Moody Presents. And our teacher is the president of Moody Bible Institute and founding pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago, Dr. Mark Job. Our message today is titled, The Temptation Trap. And if you're looking for a way out of that trap, well, stay tuned. If you want to check out our website, do visit us at MoodyPresents.org. That's MoodyPresents.org. And if we heard from you lately, send us an email. Share with us how God is using this study in your life. Trust me, you'll make our day. You can write MoodyPresents at Moody.edu. Hey, who knows? We might just send you a free resource or two. That's MoodyPresents at Moody.edu. Now here again is Pastor Mark Job on Moody Presents.
0: God is saying to us, hey, if you only knew the garbage that you're kissing, if you only knew the junk that you're really letting into your life, you think it's innocent, you think nothing much is happening, but every time you violate God's way, ultimately, you're opening up the door to a lot of garbage in your life. Number three, the protection. Understand the protection. So in verse 16, James then gets the core not only has he talked to us about the root of temptation, understand the process, but now he also wants us to understand the antidotes, break temptation over our lives. And um, to understand protection, you understand, need to understand that deception is the power of temptation, while truth and trust are our defense. So in verse 16, he says, don't be deceived, my dear brothers, Don't be deceived. In other words, don't buy into the lie that your way may be better than God's way. That somehow, you know what God says the way it should go, but that somehow, you think that doing it your way is more pleasurable in the end, gives you more success in the end, will be better for you in the end. He says, don't be deceived by it. You're lying to yourself. It's a deception that lures you in. There's not a man that I know, and I've dealt with a lot, that when they did their first hit of heroin, thought, yeah, I want to live under a bridge with tracks up and down my arm. I want to live under that bridge, and when my veins in my arm collapse, I'm going to start shooting myself up in the neck. Yeah, that's my goal, that none of my family would care about me anymore, that I would burn every bridge that I've had, that my physical life would deteriorate, that my teeth would start falling out, that all I would care about is the next tie, that my health would go down, that I would be jobless. Yeah, one day I'm going to live under a bridge and be a heroin addict that's this close to death and maybe die of HIV because I put one more needle in my... Yeah, that's my desire. No, no one starts that way. They simply start by saying, I want to feel good. It's just an innocent desire to feel good. Life is stressful. My friends are around. I just want to feel good for a little bit. And this makes me feel good. You see, that's the trap that lures us in. Fast forward it five years. And it's under the bridge. But the first is not that. The first is, hey, this will make you feel good. And in the beginning, it's like that abusive boyfriend that in the beginning, he smothers you with compliments. And you feel like, man, he cares about every detail of my life. Little do you know, he's a control freak about to manage every area of your life and become abusive and controlling and threatening you. But in the beginning, he seems like this greatest guy that cares about everything you do, that's real connected, that wants to know everything about your life that's protecting you from all the bad people around them. And you don't know that he's really a control, abusive person that five years from now, you'll be downtrodden, beaten up and wondering, how did I ever get involved with this guy? Sin is the same way when we allow it to get a hold of our life and so he says don't be deceived my brothers in verse 17 he says every good and perfect gift is from above coming down from the father of heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows so in essence what James tells us is hey God's way may be harder but ultimately God's way is best because every good gift comes from God. God has a purpose and a plan, and it may not be the easiest. God's goal is not to make you miserable. All the laws in Scripture are not to make you miserable, but are to make you ultimately live a life that honors Him and brings the greatest joy to your life. In the beginning, they seem hard. If I'm going to talk to a 20-year-old and say, hey, by the way, the Bible says don't have sex until you're married. What? (laughs) Seriously? I mean, it's like the Bible's torture. No, no. It's hard. But ultimately, it's good. It's not the easy path. But ultimately, it's the greater path that leads to the greatest fulfillment and joy in your life. And so he says, don't be deceived. Every good gift, every good gift that comes from God, every good gift that's in life comes from the Father. Every perfect gift comes from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly light. God is not bad trying to take joy out of your life. I've had this conversation with a lot of people that says, you know, one day I'll follow God. Right now, I'm 21 years old. I'm not ready to settle down. When I'm 40 and have three kids and ready to settle down, then I think I'll get into the God thing. But right now, God's cramping my style because it feels like I can't do a lot of things. No, 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 no. God's not cramping your style. What God is doing is God is teaching you how to really live so that you'll have real joy in your life. And when you're 40, you're not, you are not—you don't have a messed up family and messed up kids and messed up life and a heart that's full of problems that you have to go to therapy for for a long time to get over. God has a pre- plan that's better for you. Not an easy plan but a plan that's better for you when you follow His plan. And so the ultimate thing here is understanding what is deception. Deception opens the door to fall into temptation at the courts doubting God's goodness. Deception that says God's way is ultimately not the best for me. Deception that says God cannot really be trusted with my life. Deception that says God is not truly watching out for my best interests. Do you realize that Adam and Eve fell because the serpent said to them, God really is not watching out for the best. God told you not to eat from this tree because He doesn't want you to have powers like He has. Are you really going to listen to God? You know that same lie has been perpetuated for thousands of years, person to person. Can you really trust God's way over your own desires? What is the truth that helps us stay strong? Just understand this, and I'm closing up with this. Listen, God gives us only good gifts. Everything in the world comes from God. If it did not come from God, it is not good. God gives us, don't mess up the good gift God gave you. Do you realize that God could give you a good marriage and you could mess it up? God could bless you with a pregnancy, but you could really mess up that family environment. God could give you health that you despise and destroy because you got to do two packs of Marlboro every day. You know, God gives us gifts that are from Him, but we can take those gifts and we can really ruin those gifts and then kind of blame it on God. God, what'd you do to me? No, God didn't do anything but give you a good gift and tell you how to manage that good gift and ask us to manage it His way so that ultimately you'll give Him honor and glory but be best for your life. Temptation, what it does is it takes us the other way. Not only does God get good gifts, He gives consistently. It says, coming down from heaven... That's written in the present participle in the Greek, which means it keeps coming down from heaven. It's not a one-time thing. It's an ongoing thing. And God does not change, by the way. Thank God that He is not moody. Whoa. How many of you have moody people in your life and you say, I wonder how they're going to feel today? If you're your spouse, please don't point to them right now or elbow them. But let's just say... Let's just say that we got moody people in our life and you're just wondering how, I wonder how they're feeling today. God is not moody. He does not change. You don't go to God saying, I wonder if I'm going to get wrath or love today. No, God is the same. Today, yesterday, today, and forever. He is unchanging. He is true to His promises. He is faithful 100%. Not like shifting shadows. And it says in verse 18, He chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we may be the first fruits of all creation. So He says, don't be deceived by lies, but then remember that He chose to give us birth Through the word of truth, through the gospel. It's the gospel that gives you... Listen, I'm not talking about trying to live a moral, upright life. I'm talking about being changed from the inside. If you're here today and you say, I'm trying to be good, I'm trying to fight temptation, but you've never been born again, then you have a lost the battle already. Because you cannot live God's way without God's power. That's why Jesus said, you must be born again. Born again means that the sin nature is taken off, washed, and the power of the Holy Spirit is inside of you and starts to change you from the inside out. Too many people get burnt on religion because they look at religion like a bunch of rules that they have to live up to and they keep failing and failing so they say, I tried that, it didn't work for me. No, you tried religion, you did not try a relationship with God through Jesus the Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. You didn't try God if you tried religion. You tried morality. Following God is the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of you, the living being changing you from the inside out. It's surrendering to Him and allowing Him to give you the power to crucify the old nature, the old self, and live to the new self that's being given to you by God when you were born again by the Spirit of God, when you surrendered and repented and bowed your knee before the cross of Jesus and said, I no longer want to control my life, I can't control my life, I surrender." my life to you, and I ask that you would change me, wash me, and make me a new person. That's what it means to be born again. If you have not done that, you will give up on Christianity because it's too hard. You need the power of the Holy Spirit to do so, and that's what he says in James. He chose to give us birth, spiritual birth, through the word of truth, that we may be the first fruits among all that he's created. I want you to know that God is good today. And what teaches us to say no to sin is not hellfire. Some of you were brought up that way. The fear of judgment only gets us so far. The fear of judgment can make us follow the rules, but it can't change our heart. That's what fear of judgment does. What really leads us to say no to sin is grace. Uh, Titus 2 verse 11 says, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-control, upright, godly lives in this present age. What teaches us? Grace. That means God giving us what we don't deserve because He loves us. It's the grace of God. If I talk to a kid that was raised in a household with a father that was domineering and strict and very would punish, they learn to behave. But as soon as they're out of that household, they go wild. because they learn to behave out of fear of judgment. But talk to someone whose father has built values and has loved them, and where that child says, My dad loved me in such a way that even when I'm out of the household, I don't want to disappoint them because it's me, it's inside of me. That brings about true change, not just change out of fear of consequences.
1: Grace, it changes us from the inside out, bringing the surrender that ironically springs us free from the temptation trap. We've been enjoying a message from Pastor Mark Job on Moody Presents, one last reminder to check out our website, it's moodypresents.org, and do send us an email. Write us at moodypresents at moody.edu. Next time, we're going to take a deeper look at wisdom with Pastor Mark Jones. Where does wisdom come from? I'm John Gager. Moody Presents is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.